Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Vancha Kakva Thrubhyascha Kripa Sindhu Vevacha Patitanam Bhavane Vyo Vaishyavevyo Namo Namaha Namaste Jivanandaya Dasaya Vanacharine Prabhupavalamaya Shri Dashira Vinodine Ajnana Dvantagra Manam Bhashtate Patitatmanam Jnana Guru Taya Chitaharine Chakshashe Namaha Nama Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Krishnaya Bhutale Srimate Gattivedanta Swami Ritinamine Namaste Saraswati Deve Gauravani Pracharine Nirvishesha Shunyavadi Pashyatadeshatarine Jaya Shri Krishna Jaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadha Shri Vasari Gauravata Vinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Thank you for being here this morning. And leading up to Krishna Dhammasthami, we're going to read Krishna book, Supreme Personality of Godhead, by Srila Prabhupada. And maybe since we're waiting on a couple of devotees, we should read George Harrison's introduction. <clears throat> so George Harrison, Prabhu says, Everybody is looking for Krishna. Some don't realize that they are, but they are. Krishna is God, the source of all that exists, the cause of all that is, was, or ever will be. As God is unlimited, he has many names, Allah, Buddha, Jehovah, Rama. All are Krishna, all are one. God is not abstract. He has both his impersonal and personal aspects to his personality, which is supreme, eternal, blissful, and full of all knowledge. As a single drop of water has the same qualities as an ocean of water, so has our consciousness the qualities of God's consciousness. But through our identification and attachment with material energy, physical body, sense pleasures, material possessions, ego, etc., our true transcendental consciousness has been polluted, and like a dirty mirror, it is unable to reflect a pure image. With many lives, our association with the temporary has grown. This impermanent body, a bag of bones and flesh, is mistaken for our true self, and we have accepted this temporary condition to be final. Through all ages, great saints have remained as living proof that this non-temporary, permanent state of God-consciousness can be revived in all living souls. Each soul is potentially divine. Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, steady in the self, being free from all material contamination, the yogi achieves the highest perfectional stage of happiness in touch with the Supreme Consciousness. Yoga, a scientific method for God's self-realization, is a process by which we purify our consciousness, stop further pollution, and arrive at the state of perfection, full knowledge, and full bliss. If there's a God, I want to see Him. It's pointless to believe in something without proof. And Krishna consciousness and meditation are methods where you can actually obtain God perception. You can actually see God and hear Him, play with Him. It might sound crazy, but He is actually there, actually with you. There are many yogic paths, Raja, Jnana, Hatha, Kriya, Karma, Bhakti, which, all, which are all acclaimed by the masters of each method. Swami Bhaktivedanta 
is, as his title says, a bhakti yogi following the path of devotion. By serving God through each thought, word, and deed, and by chanting his holy names, the devotee quickly develops God consciousness by chanting, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. One inevitably arrives at Krishna consciousness. The proof of the pudding is in the eating. I request that you take advantage of this book, Krishna, and enter into its understanding. I also request that you make an appointment to meet your God now through the self-liberating process of yoga, union, and give peace a chance. All you need is love, Krishna. Haribo, George Harrison, 331-1970. Jai, George Harrison, ki jai, jai. So, Mother Bhumi, the cow, was crying because the earth was afflicted by demonic rulers. And they were creating um, suffering from everyone in the world because they were thinking only of their personal gain and they weren't thinking of the welfare of the citizens. So Mother Bhumi approached Lord Brahma, who is the, um, the Lord of the creation, this universe, and petitioned him for help. So Lord Brahma and all the devas, including Mother Bhumi Devi, um, approached Lord Vishnu lying on the, uh, uh, the ocean of milk in Svetadvip. And they began praying to him on these prayers and petition. And in response, the Lord um, once again uh, gave a response to Lord Brahma in his heart and said, Soon um, I will appear in the Yadu dynasty um, to relieve you all of this burden. And I want you all, all of you devas, to take birth also in the Yadu dynasty to perform uh, these pastimes and to um, create again peace in the world. And so, I actually wasn't so familiar with these uh, famous Purusha Shuddha prayers by the demigods. And there's, I guess, 24 verses, at least prominent verses. And they're really beautiful. And I believe that um, these prayers um, also help us prepare to be ready to receive the Lord. Um, because prayer is really powerful. And if we petition the Lord fervently to come and manifest in our own lives, then He'll come. Because Krishna consciousness is, is going on, but we may not know that it's going on or be able to fully receive it. Just like we're going to have Damasami here on Friday, and there's going to be people all around the area who have no idea that this wonderful festival is coming, and Krishna is coming, and the bliss of the spiritual world. They're not going to have any idea. Some people are going to be working, you know, at Circle K or QT, or walking around the streets, suffering the material miseries, and they're not going to realize that the Lord is appearing. And so Sri Rupa Goswami, he says that um, the only way to attain God is through this fervent desire, this one price, is this intense greed to attain God. So prayer is part of that. When we uh, call out for the Lord, um, Maha Mantra is like this. And we're calling out for the Lord. 
And, and to the degree our consciousness is receptive, to the degree that we purify, our consciousness is purified through the intensity of our calling out, then we can receive the Lord more. As like Prabhupada was saying uh, from the memory, memory tapes, as one devotee was saying, well, chanting Hare Krishna means approaching God. Prabhupada said, no, no, when you chant Hare Krishna, you are associating with God. And so Krishna is here, God is present, but we want to make ourselves receptive. And um, so these prayers by the demigods, when they approached the Lord, Lord Vishnu, was um, invoking the Lord to come. And um, similarly, um, Vasudeva and Devaki, in their previous life, they are praying for the Lord to come, and they are doing great austerities uh, and a fervent desire to know the Lord and to be the parents of the Lord. And so through this prayer, they came. And the same way, Rukmini Devi, when she, was, um, when she was in prison and she had no way out and she had to marry uh, Shishupal, she fervently prayed to the Lord and the Lord came. So um, I'd like to also invoke the Lord to come into our own lives and manifest um, within our own hearts so that we can uh, see the Lord as George Harrison was praying that we really want to see God. So this is the invocation. Om tacham yoravrini mahe gatun yagyaye gatun yagya pataye daivi svastirastu naha svastir manu shevyaha udvam jigatu beshajam sham no ashtu dvip pare sham chatush pare om shanti shanti shanti. That's the peace invocation. We worship and pray to the Supreme Lord for the welfare of all beings. May all miseries and shortcomings leave us forever so that we may always sing for the Lord during the holy fire ceremonies. May all medicinal herbs grow in potency so that all diseases may be cured. May the gods rain peace on us. May all the two-legged creatures be happy and may all the four-legged creatures also be happy. May there be peace in the hearts of all beings and all realms. What a wonderful prayer. So text one. Om Sahasra Shirsha Purushaha Sahasrakshash Sahasrapat Sabumim Vishvato Vidva Adyatishdhad Dashangulam The Purusha, the Supreme Being, has a thousand heads, a thousand eyes, and a thousand feet. He has enveloped the world from all sides and has even transcended it by ten angulas or inches. Purusha eva dagam sarvam yadbutam yachabhavyam utamritatva sheshanaha yadane natirohati. All this is verily the Purusha. All that which existed in the past or will come into being in the future is also the Purusha. Also, he is the Lord of immortality. That which grows profusely by food is also the purusha. Eta vanasya mahima ato jagya gamshita purusha padyosha vishva bhutani tripadasa mritam divi. So much is his greatness. However, the purusha is greater than this. All the beings from only a quarter part of him, the three quarter part of him, which is eternal, is established in the spiritual domain. Chipa Dordva Udait Purushhatha Parosheha Bhavat Punaha Tato Vishvarja Kramat Sashna Ashane Abhi. 
The Purusha, with the three quarters of his energy ascended above the spiritual energy, his one quarter of material energy becomes this creation again and again. Then he pervades this universe comprising a variety of sentient beings and insentient objects. So I just wanted to read a few verses of Purusha prayers. And anybody who wants, Srinathananda um, Prabhu, he wrote a really nice article with these prayers and explains. So I can send to you if you like. Just let me know. Um, so, now the beginning of the pastimes are that Devaki and Vasudev um, are just married, and King Hamsa is um, driving the chariot for his sister, Devaki. And um, they're going to be going to the home of Vasudev, and there's a big entourage coming. And on the way, this voice from the sky. This is the beginning of the Lord's earthly pastimes that are um, laying the groundwork for the Lord to come. Uh, states, Kangsa, you fool! Don't you know that your sister, whose chariot you are driving, the eighth son of your sister, Devaki, is going to kill you? So immediately upon hearing this, because Kangsa was very self-interested, um, he pulls out his sword to kill Devaki. And Vasudev is shot. Here's his sister, here's a woman. And here's on, his, on her wedding day. And he's prepared to kill her because of this, this prophetic voice that was heard. And so, I'd like to start reading a Christian book from this point. Now here, Vasudev um, pacifies Kamsa. He uses his potency of the great devotee to pacify King Hamsa. And he uses different arguments to do this. Um, one argument is that he says you'll lose your reputation. So first of all, this is something that a demonic person doesn't want to lose because they, they hold their reputation to be very important. So this was a very good first argument that Vasri Dave says, it's like, you'll lose your, this is a woman, it's on her wedding day, you're going to lose your reputation by doing such a heinous act. And then also, um, he started speaking to him about um, a higher philosophy, and he started saying, you know, we die at one point or another, so what is the difference if we die today or, or tomorrow? At some point, we have a destiny to die. So he speaks this philosophy, and then at the end, he says, uh, he says, you know, don't worry, because when the, when the children are born, just to be safe, I'll hand all the children over to you. And so this convinces Kamsa, so he, he puts that in his sword. So we'd like to re begin reading Krishna book from this point, and then we can end uh, tomorrow with uh, more about Lord Krishna's birth, Shreya Prabhu. We'll speak tomorrow in the Krishna book. So, Vasudev thus requested Kamsa not to be envious of his newly married sister. One should not be envious of anyone, because envy is the cause of fear, both in this world and in the next, when one is before Yamaraj, the lord of punishment after death. Vasudev appealed to Kamsa on behalf of Devaki, stating that she was his younger sister. He also appealed in an auspicious moment at the time of marriage. A younger sister or brother is supposed to be protected as one's child. The position is overall so delicate, Vasudev reasoned, 
And if you kill her, we'll go against your high reputation. Okay, so we'll move a little bit forward. Vasudev, after deliberating on how to save his wife, began to speak to Kamsa with great respect, although Kamsa was the most sinful man. Sometimes it happens that a most virtuous person like Vasudev has to flatter a person like Kamsa, a most vicious person. That is the way of all diplomatic transactions. Although Vasudev was deeply aggrieved, he smiled outwardly. He addressed his shameless Kamsa in that way because he was so atrocious. Vasudev said to Kamsa, My dear brother-in-law, please consider that you have no danger from your sister. You are awaiting some danger because you have heard a prophetic voice in the sky. But the danger is to come from the sons of your sister who are not present now. And who knows? There may or may not be sons in the future. Considering all this, you are safe for the present. Nor is there cause of fear from your sister. If there are any sons born of her, I promise that I shall present them, all of them to you for necessary action. Kamsa knew the value of Vasudev's word of honor, and he was convinced by his argument. For the time being, he desisted from the heinous killing of his sister. Thus Vasudev was pleased and praised the decision of Kamsa, and this way he returned to his home. You can see the, the power of uh, truthfulness. Um, We've always heard the saying that uh, a boy who cried wolf. So we can lose our ability to, um, in very important moments, to convince somebody if we haven't kept our word in our life and people don't trust us. Then when a very significant moment comes, then we'll be ignored. <clears throat> Each year thereafter, in due course of time, Devaki gave birth to a child. Thus she gave birth to eight male children as well as one daughter. When the first son was born, Vasudev kept his word of honor and immediately brought the child before Kamsa. It is said that Vasudev was very much elevated and famous for his word of honor, and he wanted to maintain this fame. Although it was very painful for Vasudev to hand over the newly born child, Kamsa was very glad to receive him, but he became a little compassionate with the behavior of Vasudev. This event is very exemplary. For a great soul like Vasudev, there is nothing considered to be painful in the course of discharging one's duty. This is a very difficult duty. It said that losing a child is the most painful experience for, for some of her parents. So he had to hand over these children um, to Kamsa. So uh, we hear, you know, in Bhagavad Gita, Amatras Parishas Dukonteya, Shitoshna Sukha Dukada, Agama Payino Nityas, Tams Tikshana Bharata. We have to tolerate. Um, this happiness and the stress that comes to us, and have faith that God is doing things in the best way. But in practicality, it's very, very difficult, especially if it's something this significant and severe as having to hand over your newborn children to a ruthless killer like Kamsa. Imagine that. Imagine tolerating that type of distress. Krishna also says in Bhagavad Gita, Dehi Nityam Abhadyoyam Dehi Sarvasya Bharata Tasmat Sarvani Bhutani Datvam Sochitam Arasi. So this soul can never be killed. So we don't have to mourn for any being. So in the course of discharging our duties, sometimes are extremely difficult. Um, we have to trust Krishna. This is not 
this place, this world is not a place, a happy place, a place of misery. And the so-called happiness that we experience um, is just setting the stage for future suffering. Um, so we have to um, bear and tolerate, as Krishna says, um, and go ahead and, and continue with our duty. So there is nothing considered to be painful in the course of discharging one's duty. A learned person like Vasudev carries out his duties without hesitation. On the other hand, a demon like Kamsa never hesitates to, in committing any abominable action. It is said, therefore, that a saintly person can tolerate all kinds of miserable conditions of life. A learned man can discharge his duties without awaiting favorable circumstances. A heinous person like Kamsa can act in any sinful way, and a devotee can sacrifice everything to satisfy the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Kamsa became satisfied by the action of Vasudev. He was surprised to see Vasudev keeping his promise, and being compassionate upon him and pleased, he began to speak as follows. My dear Vasudev, you, are, you need not present this child to me. I am not in danger from this child. I have heard that the eighth child born of you and Devaki will kill me. Why should I accept this child unnecessarily? You can take him back. When Vasudeva was returning home with his firstborn child, although he was pleased by the behavior of Kamsa, he could not believe in him because he knew that Kamsa was uncontrolled. An atheistic person cannot be firm in his word of honor. One who cannot control the senses cannot be steady in his determination. The great politician Chanika Pandit said, Never put your trust in a diplomat or a woman. Those who are addicted to unrestricted sense gratification can never be truthful, nor can they be trusted with any faith. At that time, the great sage Narada came to Kamsa. He was informed of Kamsa's being compassionate to Vasudev and returning his firstborn child. Narada is going to create some mischief here. Narada was very eager to accelerate the descent of Lord Krishna as soon as possible. He therefore informed Kamsa that in Vrindavan, personalities like Nanda Maharaj and all the other cowherd men and their wives, and on the other side, Vasudev, his father Shura Shane, and all his relatives born in the family of Vishni of the Yadu dynasty, along with all their friends and well-wishers, were actually demigods. Narada warned Kamsa to be careful of them, since Kamsa and his friends and advisors were all demons. Demons are always afraid of demigods. After being thus informed by Narada about the appearance of the demigods in different families, Kamsa at once became very much alarmed. He understood that since the demigods had already appeared, Lord Vishnu must be coming soon. He at once arrested both his brother-in-law Vasudev and Devaki and put them behind prison bars. Within the prison, shackled in iron chains, Vasudev and Devaki gave birth to a male child year after year, and Kamsa, thinking each of the babies to be the incarnation of Vishnu, killed them one after another. He was particularly afraid of the eighth child, but after the visit of Narada, he came to the conclusion that any child might be Krishna. Therefore, it was better to kill all the babies who took birth from Devaki and Vasudev. So everything that happens, um, there's some story behind it, and there's some reason behind it. 
And so seeing um, David Key and Lasudeh's faith can also give us, us faith that all these trials and tribulations in our life, there's a purpose behind it. And we can see with different vision, we can see that we are eternal, that we can never be killed, and that Krishna has a plan for us. So every turn in our life, um, we expect things to go nicely, but they don't. So every single time, uh, we have the opportunity to take shelter um, of Krishna and to um, have this faith that Vasudeva and Devaki, they were, they were locked in prison, their children being killed by this ruthless person, Kamsa, and they just had to trust, they had to trust their great devotees of Krishna that um, everything was going to be rectified. Everything was taken care of. Krishna was in control. And so seeing their faith, we can also uh, gain similar faith. That everything, everything is happening for a reason. And uh, enter into that mood. And see, Narada was working, and, and from an external perspective, we think, who is this person creating this trouble? Now because of Narada, because of Narada Muni, Kamsa is killing these babies. These babies are being killed because of what he's saying to Kamsa. So externally we can criticize, but this is all an arrangement by the Lord. So it's deepening our faith that everything that's happening when we are in Krishna consciousness is personally arranged by the hand of the Lord. And then really um, inviting this deeply into our heart because troubles will come. They're here and they'll come. So really, this seeing David King Vasudev and imbibing their mood in this prison, shackled in this prison, and their children being killed. <clears throat> the action of Kamsa is not very difficult to understand. In the history of, their, of this, the world, there are many instances of persons in the royal order who have killed their father, brother, or whole family, and friends for the satisfaction of their ambitions. There is nothing astonishing about this. For members of the demoniac, greedy royal order can kill anyone for their nefarious ambitions. Even in, in India, it's supposed to be the uh, center of Dharma, of where everything began. And now, some of their leaders I'm reading, they're wanting to um, deny citizenship of people because they're from a different ethnic background. Indian nationality, people that were born and raised in India, who are peaceful citizens, they're doing things like imprisoning and denying them their citizenship to act in the country. And these people, these Muslims, these people are committing suicide, mass suicide because of this. So you see, see what's happening, just for, for political, nationalistic, totally bodily identification, these people are suffering in India. Kamsa was made aware of his previous birth by the grace of Narada. He learned that in his previous birth he had been a demon of the name Kalanani and that he had been killed by Vishnu. Having now taken his birth in the Boja family, he decided to become the deadly enemy of the Yadu dynasty. Krishna was going to take birth in that family and Kamsa was very much afraid that he would be killed by Krishna, just as he had been killed in his last birth. 
He first of all imprisoned his father, Ubersain, because he was the chief king among the Yadu, Boja, and Andaka dynasties. And he also occupied the kingdom of Shurashain, Vasudev's father. He declared himself the king of all such places. So as soon as we make an enemy, then the enemies are going to grow. Like this network is going to grow around us. So that's why I said we should never make an enemy. Uh, we should see all equally, treat all equally. When it's necessary to perform duty, we do so as an act of devotion to God. We don't do so based on bodily identification. Um, and so, so yeah, now because, because Kamsa uh, needs to protect himself, he's imprisoning everybody. <laughs> All these family members and imprisoning them. And So yeah, so, so Kamsa in his previous birth, he was also the enemy of Vishnu. So he's continuing this, this trend. So we can see that, again, we were speaking about preparing our consciousness to receive Krishna, uh, Janmastami. So that Krishna, so it's not just another festival, um, but actually we, we fully um, grow in our love for Krishna. And we really celebrate this wonderful event that takes place. Because all these different persons are experiencing the Lord coming in different ways. And many people didn't even know Krishna was present, or at least that he was God, or they didn't have an intimate relationship with him. Very few. So Krishna was coming, and some were his enemy. Many were his enemies. So Krishna is coming, but how will we receive him? And that is why we pray, why we call out to God. Um, why we, with eagerness, chant the Hare Krishna Mahamantra and sing together with great fervent desire to see Krishna, to actually see Krishna when he comes, actually have eyes anointed with the sob of love. Okay, so chapter two, um, prayers by the demigods for Lord Krishna in the womb. It's 8.41. What should we do? We can stop for reflection. Okay. Except I don't have any. Okay. <laughs> but I like your format. You're commenting and that you're going to another place. Yeah. Well, I just know if, um, if I just read and yeah. sometimes people fall asleep. So. <laughs> Start Should I read a little bit more? This is, well, this, you're in chapter two now. Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah, maybe you should because then I'm going to start chapter three. Okay. Oh, you're going to start chapter three? Yeah. Okay. This is still preliminary. Oh, my goodness. Okay. For some reason, I thought you took birth in chapter two. Uh, this is okay. the demigod praying while he's in the day with you. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Okay, so we'll read some of the prayers and then. Yeah. <laughs> King Kamsa not only occupied the kingdoms of the Yadu, Boj, and Andaka dynasties and the kingdom of Shura Sain, but he also made alliances with all the other Devaniya kings as follows the demon Palamba, demon Baka, demon Chanura, demon Trinavarta, demon Agashura, demon Mushtik, 
demon Arista, demon Vavida, demon, demon Putana, demon Kesi, and demon Nenuka. By the way, these are all personalities that will be smashed by the Lord. <laughs> At that time, Jarasandha was the king of Magda province, known at present as Bihar state. Thus, by his diplomatic policy, Kamsa consolidated the most powerful kingdom of his time under the protection of Jarasandha. He made further alliances with such kings as Banashura and Momashura until he was the strongest. Then he began to behave most enemically toward the Yadu dynasty, into which Krishna was to take his birth. Being harassed by Kamsa, the kings of the Yadu, Boja, and Andaka dynasties took shelter in different states, such as the state of the Kurus, the state of the Panchalas, and the states known as Kekaya, Salva, Vidarbha, Nishada, Vedaha, Videha, and Koshara. Kamsa broke the solidarity of the Yadu kingdom as well as the Boja and Andaka. He made his position the most solid within the vast tract of land known at that time as Bharat Varsh. When Kamsa was killing the six babies of Devaki and Vasudev, one after another, many friends and relatives of Kamsa approached him and requested him to discontinue these heinous activities. But all of them became worshippers of Kamsa. Oh, that's the power of bad association. They came to petition him to stop, and then they were worshipping him. Since people will become very uh, influential and, and attractive in, in, in a negative way. You know, people become famous for their um, power, even though they might be criminals. <clears throat> when Devaki became pregnant for the seventh time, a plenary expansion of Krishna, known as Ananta, appeared within her womb. Devaki was overwhelmed with both jubilation and lamentation. She was joyful, for she could understand that Lord Vishnu had taken shelter within her womb. But at the same time, she was sorry that as soon as her child would come out, Kamsa would kill him. So this is her motherly affection. That Lord Ananta, who holds all universes on his hoods, who, they're, and they're like tiny little mustard seeds on his hoods. She's afraid for him that he's going to be killed. That is a yoga maya. At that time, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Krishna, became compassionate Upon the Yadus, who were fearful due to the atrocities committed by Kamsa, ordered the appearance of Yoga Maya, his internal potency. Krishna is the lord of the universe, but he is especially the lord of the Yadu dynasty. Yoga Maya is the principal potency of the, of the personality of Godhead. In the Vedas, it is stated that the Lord, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, has multi potencies. Parashya Shaktir Vidhaivashuyate. All the different potencies are actually externally and internally, are acting externally and internally, and Yoga Maya is the chief of all potencies. The Lord ordered the appearance of Yoga Maya in the land of Rajabhumi, in Vrindavan, which is always decorated and full with beautiful cows. In Vrindavan, Rohini, one of the wives of Vasudev, was residing at the house of King Nanda and Queen Yashoda. Not only Rohini, but many others in the Yadu dynasty were scattered all over the country due to their fear of the atrocities of Kamsa. Some of them were even living in the caves of the mountains. So the Lord is soon going to eliminate this fear by coming and killing all these demons and protecting all the residents of Vrindavan. 
The Lord thus informed Yoga Maya, Under the imprisonment of Kansa are Devaki and Vasudev. And at the present moment, my plenary expansion, Shesha, is within the womb of Devaki. You can arrange the transfer of Shesha from the womb of Devaki to the womb of Rohini. After this arrangement, I am personally going to appear in the womb of Devaki with my full potencies. Then I shall appear as the son of Devaki and Vasudev, and you shall appear as the daughter of Nanda and Yashoda and Vrindavan. Since you will appear as my contemporary sister, and since you will quickly satisfy desires for sense gratification, people within the world will worship you with all kinds of valuable presentations, incense, candles, flowers, and offerings of sacrifice. People who are after materialistic perfection will worship you under the different forms of your expansions, which will be named Durga, Bhadrakali, Vijay, Vaishnavi, Kumuda, Chandika, Krishna, Madhavi, Kanyaka, Maya, Narayani, Ishani, Sarada, and Ambika. Say, saying these names of um, Krishna's internal potency are very purifying for us. They chant these sacred names. Krishna and Yoga Maya appeared as brother and sister, the supreme powerful and the supreme power. Although there is no clear distinction between the powerful and the power, Power is always subordinate to the powerful. Those who are materialists are worshippers of the power, but those who are transcendentalists are worshippers of the powerful. Krishna is the supreme powerful, and Durga is the supreme power within the material world. Actually, people in the Vedic culture worship both the powerful and the power. There are many hundreds and thousands of temples of Vishnu and Devi, and sometimes they are worshipped simultaneously. The worshipper, the worshipper of the power Durga, or the external energy of Krishna, may achieve all kinds of material success very easily. But anyone who wants to be elevated transcendentally must engage in worshiping the powerful and Krishna consciousness. So Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita that the less intelligent worship the demigods because they're seeking material benefit. And Krishna says the fruits of worshiping the demigods is temporary and limited. And so we see that the devotees, they actually worship, they actually will pray to demigods, but they pray to attain Krishna. Just like Ganeshji is the removal of obstacles. So, Lord Ganesh, please remove all obstacles on my path to Krishna. Very nice, right? Durga is in control of the material energy. So we can say, Durga, Ma, please allow your material energy to lose its grip on me so that I can attain shelter, full shelter of Krishna. So sometimes devotees will pray to the demigods, um, like the gopis, they pray to the goddess Katyayani? Yeah, same, Durga. Durga, to have Krishna as their wife. That's a very nice prayer to the demigods, but they never pray as their husband as her husband, I'm sorry. And they never pray for a material benefit. So. <clears throat> the Lord also declared to Yoga Maya, My plenary expansion Ananta says is within the womb of Devaki. On account of being forcibly attracted to the womb of Rohini, he will be known as Shankarshan and will be the source of all spiritual power or Bala. 
by which one can attain the highest bliss of life, which is called Ramana. Therefore, the plenary portion Ananta will be known after his appearance either as Sankarshan or as Balaram. Jai. In the Upanishads, it is stated, Nayam Atma Balahinena Labhyaha. The purport is that one cannot attain the supreme platform of self-realization without being sufficiently favored by Balaram. Bala does not mean physical strength. No one can attain spiritual perfection by physical strength. This is like Kamsa, he was assembling all the greatest warriors and greatest kings. He was making all these political alliances, but none of these things could save him. One must have the spiritual strength which is infused by Balaram or Shankarshan. Ananta or Sheshanag is a source of the power which sustains all the planets in their different positions. Materially, the sustaining power is known as the law of gravitation, but actually it is, the, it is a display of the potency of Shankarshan. Balaram or Shankarshan is a source of spiritual power or the original spiritual master. Therefore, Lord Nityananda Prabhu, who is also the incarnation of Balaram, is the original spiritual master. And the spiritual master is a representative of Balaram, the form of the Supreme Personality Godhead who supplies spiritual strength. In the Chaitanya Charitamrita, it is confirmed that the spiritual master is the manifestation of the mercy of Krishna. So we'll leave you with this hint on how to have Krishna arise in our heart and our eyes be anointed with love when he comes on Don Mastin. And the hint is that it's through Balaram, the spiritual masters. Do we have any comments or questions, concerns? Just bring it closer. <laughs> I'll take some verse teacher. I'm better late than never, right? Thanks. <laughs> you were just about to read. He's telling he's saying he's telling you over my house. Okay. So thus ordered by the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Yoga Maya circumambulated the Lord and then appeared within the material world according to his order. When Yoga Maya, the supreme power of the supremely powerful personality of Godhead, transferred Lord Shesh from the womb of Devaki to the womb of Rohini, both Devaki and Rohini were under Yogamaya's spell, which is called Yoga Nidra. When this was done, people thought that Devaki's seventh pregnancy had been a miscarriage. Thus, although Balaram appeared as the son of Devaki, he was transferred to the womb of Rohini to appear as her son. After this arrangement, the Supreme Personality God had Krishna, who was always ready to protect his unalloyed devotees, entered within the mind of Vasudeva as the lord of the whole creation, with full, inconceivable potencies. So this is where I wonder what's... Like Balaram, we just celebrated Balaram Purnima. So, eighth day, that's the full moon. And now the eighth day of the waning moon, the moon is waning now, Krishna will appear. So, so Balaram older. He's the older brother of Krishna. But is it eight days? Or is it a year in eight days? In other words, that people thought that David came in a miscarriage, then all of a sudden she gives birth to Krishna. Yeah. All of a sudden she... Well, she, she gave birth to um, 
to see Bajra first. Which yeah. Well, yeah, and that's interesting. Uh, you're going to talk about Because, yeah, because um, because Balaram was transferred yeah. to the woman from Hini, right? And then she gave birth to a daughter. Remember? Yeah, and then they, and then she was okay. But she didn't go. Yeah, she was transferred later. Christian. Oh, they were they were switched. Oh, right, they were. Yeah. She was brought to Vrindavan. So right when you said when you said that uh, what did you mean to have that Balaram was transferred to Mumbai Rohini and that Sankarsh that's why he's called Sankarshan he's forcibly attracted to the woman and then right away Prabhupada goes into and then Devaki became pregnant with Krishna or as it how it's as it's saying. So like he was cool. transferred to the womb of Rohini to appear as her son. After this arrangement, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Krishna, yeah. who is always ready to protect his unalloyed divorce, entered within the mind of Vasudeva as the Lord of the whole creation with full inconceivable potency. Right, and he transferred that meditation to the room of Devaki. So does that... Transferred to the heart of Devaki. The heart of Devaki. He was not put into the womb of Devaki, okay. I mean, he was. In a he was not, okay, yeah, he was in a transcendental way. Not by seminal discharge. Right. The Supreme Personality of Godhead, by its inconceivable potencies, can appear in any way. It is not necessary for him to appear in the ordinary way by seminal injection within the womb of the woman. So, did all that happen in eight days? Or a year in eight days? In other words, how people thought that, okay, David gave a miscarriage. But then, boom, Krishna appears. Mm-hmm. So, is Balaram eight days older than Krishna, or a year in eight days? <laughs> that I don't know. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing is supernatural. It gets kind of confusing. <laughs> yeah, he could, he could do it. He could do it eight days, but I don't know. They're coming into the womb and being transferred. <laughs> all this. Why are you living in your name? Because how can David P. give birth right away to Christian after, after having a miscarriage? Mm-hmm. How can you... I mean, he definitely could, but what was it a year or I mean, I don't know. Maybe it was ten years. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure. Okay. Anyway, Krishna Bhakti Jai, Siddha Prabhupada Jai, Gorada Premanande, Yeah, that's right. He took the yoga mind back. 
So when the concert came, you saw the, the baby girl. Yeah. And, uh, and then he, and he feels bad. Again. Yeah. yeah. It's it supposed, supposed, you know, supposed to be a son. It's supposed to be a son. So then comes the, oh, please forgive me. <laughs> then the very next day, his ministers convince him to kill all the babies. Yeah. Crazy. But by that time, Christian was able to go to Yeah, he was But Christian daughters at different times were in the womb with David King, transcendental. So they're real brothers. Yeah, she shows. They're woke. Yeah. Do you know that? Krishna book on the cover is the Prabhupada Ananda's once a day record is the song of the baby Krishna and walking through the water. Yeah. He's going across the Jamuna and Ananta Shesh is acting like he's an umbrella. I think there might be in here. It's probably in the book. Is that around this time? Yeah, it's yeah, that's when it's in Swakam. So, let's see. I think it's in here. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if it is actually. Well, there's different renderings of that. I have, I have two of them. So where is he taking him? He's taking him. There, there he is. is. Yeah, yeah. taking him to Vrindavan. He's taking from the prison to Gokul. Okay. Gotcha. Or is it Vrindavan? Oh, Gokul, yeah. Yeah, Gokul. <laughs> so Krishna was born in the prison, but mm -hmm. yeah, Balaram right. wasn't. Balaram was transferred, transferred from the womb over to yeah. He was, she was he was in the womb of yeah. Devaki and he transferred to the womb of Rohini. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but Krishna wasn't transferred like that. No, he was carried. He was yeah, born, born and carried. Uh, yeah. He just appeared outside the womb. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you remember? Same size as the one that I just made. Do you remember how he got out of the prison? Yeah, because yeah. they, they were in like a a transcendental slumber or something? Yeah. Like yeah. the, the guards were put in the slumber and then they they shut the doors were unlocked. Like, where are the folks are they in there? Vasudev took him. Yeah. Right yeah. Where the, um, yeah. <laughs> the tea was. He's like, oh, I'll step out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, it's a really dramatic entry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>